Hello, Cedar Valley Sunday School, young adult Sunday School class. This is uh, continuing on in our study of, uh, of grace. And uh, like I said, in the last couple of lessons, we're rolling into the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. And uh, we're looking at uh, how Christ, the greatest sermon ever preached, was on the Sermon on the Mount by the greatest preacher there ever was, which is Jesus Christ, and, uh, and, and what his message was to the people there at that time. And uh, it, it very much relates to us today. And uh, we're going to go into the, the first beatitude uh, that uh, he's talking about uh, on the Sermon on, on the Mount. But you got to understand, too, at, at this time, there were lots of crowds following him. He'd done miraculous works and teachings and signs all over the region, all over Galilee, Jerusalem, Judea, all across Jordan. And uh, there's great crowds following him. We know there's 5,000 men that got fed at one time. So, you know, 12, 15,000 people. Uh, scripture doesn't record the exact number, but we kind of, you know, estimate uh, what's going on there. Um, all to hear and follow after what he has for us. And uh, uh, what he uh, was teaching at this time on Sermon on the Mount, like I said, was, was flipping the, uh, uh, the world upside down, uh, inside out, whatever you want to call it. Because the Pharisees at this time had been teaching the Jewish people that righteousness was a matter of things on the external, things going on around you, the ritual washing and cleansings, uh, you know, the the rules you had to follow, uh, how often you came to the temple, how often you fasted, how much money you gave in contribution to the temple, all of that gauged how righteous you were in their eyes. Um, but what Christ preached on the Sermon on the Mount was not the external things that you did, but everything had to do with the internal th characteristics of your heart. And, uh, and because of, uh, uh, of those characteristics in your heart, grace is bestowed and to help you in your Christian walk, okay? So uh, when we talk about the first one, uh, uh, let's wait just a minute and let's talk about uh, what it means to be blessed, blessed are, and what that word means. Um, you know, in the, uh, uh, when you talk about blessed, uh, the Greek word, here is makario, which is means happy, or the Latin word makario, which means beatus, which means a, more of a internal joy than a happy. Happy is an emotion that goes up and down, but you have an eternal presence of joy uh, in your heart that you're not uh, driven by the world, but you're driven by something more, divine joy or a divine happiness that is your character, okay? So uh, what he's uh, 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 obviously talking about here is that abiding satisfaction that you have through Christ and not what the world can give you. Um, and uh, he wanted to, uh, to let people know that if you want this blessedness, this joy, this happiness, then you need to work on these character traits that are in your life. Um, you know, happiness is not centered on things, on circumstances, on people. Uh, you know, happiness is the center around him. You know, one of the greatest, uh, wisest person in the world was Solomon. And what did Solomon say about all this stuff in the world, all these possessions, all these circumstances, all these people, all the, all the wives he had? He said in Ecclesiastes 1-2 that it's meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. So uh, uh, when we think about and put in perspective that uh, the things of this world don't matter at all because they're, they're going to burn one day and go away. 
but the eternity of our soul is what matters. And that's what Christ is trying to get to him here, get across to the people here is about this. Uh, if you want this joy, this uh, security, this peace that you have in your life because of, uh, of, uh, of the things that he can give you, then you need to listen to what he's got to say. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and if we get into the first beatitude, we talk about uh, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, we think, well, what kind of what kind of attitude is that to be poor in spirit? Uh, it doesn't make much sense, does it? Um, the world says you need to be proud of what you do. You can accomplish anything you want to as long as you set your mind to it. And uh, all that is a, uh, a, a prideful spirit, a haunting spirit. And, uh, um, you know, when we think about uh, our spirit and who we are and, and uh, how we approach things, uh, you know, the first and foremost things Jesus wanted to get straight was, uh, the per, poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. You ever think about that phrase right there, that verse? Because until you come to the realization of this, that you are not God, and God is God, and you are not in control, but God is in control, and if you want to be saved from your sins, then you need to humble yourself before the Creator and uh, how He says uh, to be restored in your relationship with Him uh, then you shall inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, uh, when we come to the realization of who we are and uh, in, in God's eyes, then, uh, then we're ready uh, to, uh, to listen to what Christ has for us. Isaiah said that, Woe to me, uh, I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of God Almighty. Uh, so when we see the king and we see God for who he is, then we realize how messed up we really are. Okay? And I'm not telling you this so that you can walk around and say, oh, I'm just a messed up individual. Yes, we are messed up individuals, but guess what? We all have hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. If we will humble ourselves enough to go in there and uh, and analyze ourselves and look at ourselves to make sure that uh, 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 that we're yielded in, in humility to him. So, uh, so what is this blessingness that, uh, uh, our grace that we get because, uh, we exhibit this characteristic, um, the poor in spirit can receive, uh, because they, uh, humble themselves is, uh, is that we receive the kingdom of heaven. It's only when we humble ourselves to accept Christ for who he is as our savior and truly give our life to him can we inherit the kingdom of heaven. And that's what this first beatitude is talking about. You know, the tragedy today is most people uh, see their happiness in uh, new things, new possessions, new romances, new power they can obtain, and, uh, and, and the things of this world they try to do to make themselves happy. And they may bring momentary happiness, but they don't bring long-lasting happiness. Uh, they lose their uh, luster, they lose their shine, they become routine after a while, then you go looking for the next fix, for the next thing. Um, and, uh, and and most of us are afraid to look at ourselves in the mirror and see what's really there. And uh, and we think of ourselves more highly than we should because uh, uh, we are nothing. You know, we are uh, uh, all sinners and we all are lost without Jesus Christ in our life. Um, you know, we got to get the pride and the arrogance out of there and uh, and get the uh, idea that we can do anything on our own um, and uh, realize that we can only do anything that Christ gives us and wants us to do.
Um, and, and, you know, the Bible says God opposes the proud. And we've got to be careful that we don't let pride get in the way. Okay? Only after we humble ourselves, admit we're sin-filled and hopeless, will we have the right heart and the right mindset to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because God gives grace to the humble. Okay? The Bible tells us that. So what is your beatitude today? What is your attitude uh, toward uh, Christ today? Um, are you uh, uh, searching for Him? Are you humbling yourself? Um, or are you uh, out there searching for happiness in this world? We need to make sure that uh, uh, we're looking for happiness in the right places. Um, and uh, the happiness we need to find and a joy that can cover our soul is found through Jesus Christ. Uh, Bible says a rich man can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because he's full of pride and self-reliance and he's self-honoring. Um, and, and he has no need for grace. He has no need for Christ. Um, he doesn't see himself as lost. Um, you know, but God doesn't force all that on us. He wants us to do it because we come to a humble place, we realize who we are, and we want to follow him because we realize that we need a Savior. Um, and we and we think about this character trait of grace and the grace that we are received, and this is the greatest character trait that we can have and the greatest gift we can receive from this beatitude because uh, um, because we receive uh, the kingdom of heaven. We receive eternal uh, salvation through Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, and so I ask you this morning, when you go and look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see a guy that's trying to make it all on his own, trying to trying to uh, be something in this world, trying to make enough money that he doesn't have to worry about all the other craziness that's going on in the world, looking for the people that uh, he can find, uh, you know, fleshly joy with and, and uh, uh, glorifying his own self and his own name. Is he looking for all those things? Or when you look in the mirror, do you see a guy that's really full of sin, fully messed up and in need of a Savior? And when we have that attitude in our life, uh, then we're willing to accept Christ for who He is, accept Him as our Savior, and be willing to yield our life to Him and follow Him. Uh, and, and, you know, not, I know there's guys out there, people out there are saying, well, can't we have both? And the real answer is no, you can't. you got to submit yourself to the Lord. It doesn't mean you, you don't work hard for your employer. It doesn't mean that you can't have a few things you enjoy in life, but you can't let them control you. Um, and make them the 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 um, most important thing in your life you're trying to achieve because the most important thing in your life that you should be trying to achieve is is being the Christian and exhibiting the characteristics uh, that Christ wants your life to exhibit to the lost world and that's what we got to be careful of and uh, you know so when we think about uh, um, uh, this beatitude. And those that are poor in spirit, uh, don't look at it as a negative. Look at it as a positive in, in what Christ is trying to tell uh, the uh, uh, the Pharisees here at this time in, in the nation of Israel. Because it was totally opposite of uh, what they were uh, telling the people. And then again, it's totally opposite of what uh, our society tells people today. And uh, uh, when, we, when we think about all the news and all the things we hear... Uh, we got to get that noise out of the way 
and uh, and focus on looking at ourselves internally in the mirror and in our heart and seeing how we measure up to God's word. Uh, and first and foremost, understanding that we need a Savior more than anything else in this world. And so uh, that's the first beatitude, and uh, we'll carry on more as we go. Thanks. Okay, Cedar Valley Sunday School class, we're moving on to uh, uh, the second uh, blessedness that Christ talked about on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and it's talking about, uh, blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. And, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, the first three or four of these uh, blessings, you know, you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, when you talk about mourning, how can you be joyful in mourning? You know, Webster describes mourning as uh, lamenting or sorrowfulness, uh, expression grief over someone's death and all this uh, sadness that goes on in the world. Um, you know, and, and to mourn means to uh, express sorrow for something regrettable uh, and, and sorrow for a loss of something that we've ex exhibited. You know, in, in the, the first one we talked about to uh, uh, be in poor spirit, <coughs> excuse me, so we need to realize our poverty, our, our, our spiritual uh, destitution. And uh, in order to be blessed, we have to accept Christ as our Savior and understand that we need His grace and mercy. And it's hard for us to uh, understand all this stuff in, in a worldly mindset because, uh, um, you know, it's kind of like, like we said in, in the last les lesson, it's the exact opposite. It's the upside down. Uh, and, uh, you know, you look at it from a worldly perspective, you've got to have money, power, uh, you know, relationships, and all, these, uh, and all these things to create joyfulness and happiness. And Christ turned all that upside down. He said, uh, no, you don't need all those things to be happy. Uh, you need to look at your character. You need to look at the character inside of you. And that's what we're talking about here, uh, about how these characters uh, exhibit blessedness. Uh, so when we think about, and, and think about mourning here, okay, because we all lose something. We've all lost someone. We've all had sorrow, and we've all had pain in our life. And, you know, the primary underlying reason we have sorrowfulness or, or mourning uh, in our life it is caused by uh, sin, falling away from, from God and what God had for us. And uh, that's, that's, that's the thing that we need to focus on. Um, and it all started in the uh, uh, the Garden of Eden. Okay, now, now get this in your brain a little bit, okay? Let me, let me blow your mind a little bit. Uh, you know, the original intent that God created was Adam and Eve in the garden, walking with God face to face, living uh, in His presence. Uh, you can never leave His presence. And, uh, and, and loving Him 24-7. Uh, no interruptions. Uh, they all walked in the garden without distraction, no separation, no sin, no guilt, no pain, no sorrow, no tears, and uh, always the abiding presence of God uh, and His instruction in their life. And uh, that's what God desired, and that's what God does desire from us, uh, and loving His creation. And uh, just take a moment, think about that, walking with Him and, and all that taking place. Uh, boom, now it's all gone. One act of disobedience, eating of the fruit, and all of it's gone. Um, you know, so, uh, and, and, and when you have that separation from God and that love that you've uh, walked in its presence, all, you know, all this time, and, uh, you know, and all that's gone, caused by a, an act of sin. And it was gone all of a sudden. And, you know, 
Adam and Eve was asked one question by God. It says, where are you? You know, it wasn't because God didn't know where they were. Uh, it, it wasn't because they were lost. Um, you know, it's more of a question. You know, where are you? Where are you now? Where are you because of what you did? Uh, he wanted them to realize that disobedience caused uh, a great uh, pain, and it, and it, and it would cost uh, someone greatly uh, to get it fixed. And uh, uh, when we think about the uh, sin that came into the world, it's just an, it's, it's like a virus and infection. Uh, and it goes everywhere and it affects everybody and it, and it separates everybody from God. And, uh, and, and we lose that guidance that we should have as God's creation uh, in order to, uh, uh, to be the Christians that we should uh, because most people won't accept what God tells them, okay? Uh, so uh, the morning we're talking about here is the loss of fellowship with God and His purpose uh, for living our lives. And uh, and when we feel like when we realize that we've lost that fellowship and, and we're kind of purposeless, rudderless, don't know what to do, don't know where to go, you know, all these crazy things going on in the world. What should we do? Um, you know, when we come to the realization that we've uh, uh, reached that point, then we're ready to listen to what God has for us. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of that uh, sin that we see in the world, just think about how much pain that causes, how much sorrow that causes for, for lots of different people uh, when we lose our direction uh, in our relationship with the Lord because uh, um, we lose uh, uh, the ability to, uh, uh, to feel God's presence and, and His love and, and His guidance in our life. We're, 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 we're really lost in... in and uh, we do crazy things in this world, and, and sin's the bottom line for all of it. And uh, when we realize that, then we'll go to the solution for the sin problem instead of trying to find solutions everywhere else. Um, so where's the blessedness in mourning? You know, it says, blessed are those that mourn and, uh, uh, because of sin that's going on in the world. Um, you gotta, you got to understand this, that if you're, you're mourning over sin because of the separation of God and, and the lostness of people, um, then, uh, uh, then there's blessedness for that. Um, you know, most people aren't willing to recognize all that and, and would rather go through life ignoring uh, the need for Christ in our life and the, need, and the problem that sin causes each one of us. Uh, and, and we get into a mode where we're compromised and accepting of all that sin and we think well whatever it, it ain't hurting nobody uh, but it is it's hurting the world it's hurting society it's hurting every single solitary person uh, because of the sin that's in this world okay um, and um, you know when we think about uh, sin as it comes into your life you know initially you think well that's not so bad it's not a big problem uh, I'm not gonna worry about it too much but uh, as time goes on, it eats away at you and grates away at you, makes you more and more numb to uh, uh, anything that God's calling you to do, creates a bigger separation. And until we uh, uh, find the source of that pain and make a plan to uh, uh, cure that pain, then, uh, then we're going to be in total separation uh, from God. Okay, And uh, because of all that sin and all that mourning, we can find comfort, okay? And we can find uh, uh, comfort through Jesus Christ and through, uh, through what He's done for us. Um, so when sin comes in our life, 
and we're totally separated and we have all these issues and all these problems going on, uh, you can find comfort, okay? And uh, um, the word for comfort is derived from the Greek word para, meaning near, and uh, kaleo, meaning I call. Jesus is saying it is he who uh, will call us near to give us forgiveness, for peace, for joy, for comfort. Uh, and uh, uh, in John 16:22, he says, I will never leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Um, you know, Jesus is uh, uh, where we'll find comfort in this world. Uh, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer for sin, uh, to cover the sins. And, you know, you got to understand, too, when he left, what came in his place? It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our guide to help us in this daily life. We talked two weeks ago when we were talking about grace that uh, we have a contract uh, that Christ died for us and, uh, you know, and that's a legal contract that, that he's going to cover our sins and our righteousness. But we also have a living contract uh, through the Holy Spirit living in us as our helper and our guide to help us fight this battle of the flesh and sin that we deal with every day. And, uh, uh, and, and through that Holy Spirit, if we will stay in God's Word and let the Holy Spirit dwell in us and enrich our hearts and our minds and think uh, on those things, then uh, we will find comfort. But if we don't let the Holy Spirit dwell in us and we don't use God's Word, then we will not find comfort because we're dwelling on the news. We're dwelling on what we read. You know, you know the Internet's a great thing, but it's also an awful thing because uh, you can see you know, everything is, is put on there. And, and most of it's not true, um, you know, and we need to make sure that uh, what we see on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, whatever we're using, you know, we read it and we think, oh, that's true. No, we don't know anything's true. The only thing we know for sure is true is God's Word. And so do we spend and focus uh, more time uh, conditioning our life to the news and what's going on around us or just stay focused on God's Word and let the Holy Spirit dwell and enrich us and uh, help us to grow in, uh, in grace and sanctification. Uh, so the characteristic, uh, you know, as we're talking about this, that we need to uh, uh, focus on is uh, um, understanding our sinfulness, understanding that uh, in our life, sin is there. We have to deal with it every day. We can't ignore it. We can't say, well, whatever. Uh, we have to deal with the sin in our life, okay? And if we deal with our sin in our life, we will find comfort, okay? So a characteristic of being able to look at ourselves in the mirror and deal with sin and, uh, and have sorrow over it will, do, will deliver us a grace of comfort from the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and don't we all just want to be comforted, comforted nowadays with everything that's going on? But we have to understand that we have to accept sin uh, for what it is, is, which is something we have to deal with every day, not accept that it's just the way of, uh, of life and uh, whatever, you know, is okay for that guy, is okay for that guy. No, sin is sin, and it should be mourned over. Uh, and, uh, and when we mourn for those things, we'll find comfort through the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, to help us grow uh, in our life so that we can uh, deal with that sin, conquer that sin through the Holy Spirit, and also help other people with their sin in their life that causes sorrow and pain, because you're not a you're not a vessel by yourself. Uh, your sin affects those around you, affects your family, affects your community, affects your church, affects all those things, and we have to deal with those things. If we never deal with those things, then that then that uh, uh, disease is never fixed. That per particular sore in our life is never healed. 
until we open up to it and understand that it's sin and through the Holy Spirit deal with it so that we can uh, better uh, have a remedy for that sin in our life. And, uh, and that's how we find comfort is uh, through the Holy Spirit and continually walking through a sanctification process. Um, so, uh, uh, so we have to admit, okay? We have to admit that we're sinful. We have to, you know, first we have to admit we're poor in spirit and we accept Christ as our Savior. Then we have to think and look at our life, look at ourselves in the mirror and understand, man, I got a lot of stuff I got to fix uh, in order to, uh, uh, to be this Christian that I've called and, and submitted my life to be. And, uh, and when we do that, we will find comfort. We will find peace because we will be following Jesus Christ um, uh, down in our hearts through his word and through the spirit as it uh, works and dwells in our life. Okay? So, uh, 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 so when you think about the mourning that goes on in your life, the bottom line of it is sin, and uh, in order to deal with it, uh, we have to accept Christ in our life, but it doesn't stop there. It grows from there in a sanctification process. We still have to mourn over sin every day and only when we mourn over sin will we do something about it and uh, that's the bottom line of this one uh, this second um, uh, beatitude that we're studying okay so uh, that's number two more to come later thanks